According to the CDC, patients with familial hypercholesterolemia, or FH, or who show signs of coronary heart disease are at an increased chance of having a heart attack, stroke, and aortic stenosis due to high levels of lipoprotein little a. So how can we manage lipoprotein little a in our patients? You're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Mary Catherine Sheely, and I'm speaking with my fellow ReachMD host, Dr. Alan Brown. He's the director of the Division of Cardiology, as well as the Lipid Clinic at Advocate Lutheran General Hospital and a past president of the National Lipid Association. He's also the lead guitarist in a band, which I think is pretty cool. Today, we will be discussing lipoprotein little a. Dr. Brown, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mary Catherine. It's great to see you again. Agreed. So give us a little bit of a primer. Tell me what is some background on lipoprotein little a and how do you say it? We say LP little a, but lipoprotein little a is probably more correct. And this is a lipid particle that we've been aware of for quite some time. We knew that this particle existed, that patients who had high levels had a significantly increased risk of developing atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. But even to this day, we're not 100% sure how the particle is cleared from the body. We've tried a lot of different medicines to adjust it in the past, uh, including estrogen and high doses of niacin, which have their own issues, giving them to patients. But no real prospective randomized trial had been done to show whether it should be a target of therapy until a couple of new classes of medications, which are now available, have been developed that actually predictably lower the levels of LP little a. What patients do you look for LP little a or check LP little a in? Well, that is a great question. It's been a little bit of a controversy recently based on the zealots about LP little a versus some of the more conservative folks. We know that it's an autosomal dominant trait. So we definitely think about it in families that have a high incidence of premature atherosclerosis. We also look for it in patients who have unexplained progressive atherosclerosis, whose lipids and other risk factors might not be that severe, but yet they tend to be progressing with coronary disease, closing down their bypass grafts, and having other cardiovascular events. And some folks think it's appropriate to test on everybody because it's highly prevalent about about 20% of the population has elevated LP little a. And in particular, in the modern era where we're starting to have therapies that can affect it, it makes sense that in particular, if those therapies turn out to reduce cardiovascular events, it would be reasonable to test on it everybody. And then if you have a patient who you know has elevated LP little a, cascade screening of the family would be appropriate. So patients who have a less than anticipated response to their lipid lowering therapy particularly to statins, because LP little a doesn't go down with statins. In fact, it may go up slightly. There was a recent very nice article showing that that doesn't necessarily increase risk. You still get a reduction in risk on the statins. But sometimes the LP little a can be measured as part of the LDL fraction, and therefore you would see the LDL not going down when you added a statin. And that is sometimes related to elevated LP little a. So that's a very good point. As a pharmacist, I immediately jump to, well, they're not taking their drug. But that's not necessarily the case. We have patients who religiously pick up their medicines. I know that they're taking it and they still just only get maybe 20, 25% from a high intensity statin that we would anticipate a 50% reduction. And so we check an LP little a and lo and behold, it's 300. Yeah, you're going to see that particularly in the people with really high LP little a's. There can be other reasons why patients are refractory to statins, but that's a really good idea is to think about it in a patient that doesn't seem to respond. 
Are there any patient populations or ethnic groups that you tend to see higher LP little a levels at baseline? Yes, you do see higher baseline LP little a's in African Americans, for example. And whether the cut points should be the same in terms of risk, that is also a debate. Maybe not. Maybe the numbers are a little bit higher, but that's something that we're going to have to get our arms around as we think about having an approach once the therapeutic agents and if the therapeutic agents turn out to show benefit. Does that impute kind of a higher risk stratification for those folks? Or because you mentioned a higher cut point, does 50 become 100 or is truly 100 just as risk prevalent in white folks as in black folks? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my recollection is the risk is a slightly different based on the mm-hmm. same cut points. So that's why the normal cut points are going to have to be a little bit different based on ethnicity. Yeah, I think it's really cool that we're still learning so much about these things. Even in the last 10 or 15 years, I feel like our body of evidence and what we know about lipid management has grown exponentially in the last decade, which is really cool because when I started, it was, oh, give them statin, give them azetamide. And we were kind of done at that point. Every month we learn something new. We don't see 20% of the population with rampant atherosclerosis, even though 20% of them have elevated LP little a. And so I think we are finding that there are certain risk factors associated with LPLA or certain markers of risk that help us stratify who with elevated LPLA we have to worry the most about. For example, those people with HSCRPs over two, they have a linear association with LPLA and risk. The higher the LPLA, the higher their risk. But the people with HSCRPs below two seem to have a pretty flat risk, even with elevated LPLA. And calcium scoring, which intuitively makes a lot of sense to all of us, that mm-hmm. also has a very good correlation with the risk when associated with LPLA. So a person with high LPLA with a zero calcium score, at least over the short term, has a significantly lower risk than someone who has evidence of calcification. And the higher the calcium score, the greater the correlation with risk with LP little a. So these are things that we're going to have to look to as we try to decide who should we be treating. For those just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Mary Catherine Cheely, and I'm speaking with Dr. Alan Brown about patients with lipoprotein little a. All right, I'm going to ask you a super controversial question. Where do you fall on the measurement and the units of LP little a? What camp do you live in? Yeah, actually, I don't think that's real controversial. I think most people believe now that nanomoles per liter is the way to measure it. And the reason is that tends to give you a better feel for the number of particles, whereas just getting milligrams per deciliter doesn't correlate as well with risk. As you know, the NLA published a document on this, but it seems like there seems to be pretty broad international consensus that nanomoles per liter is a better assessment of risk than milligrams per deciliter. But it's really an important point because patients will often get their blood tested multiple times for reasons unclear. And they might go to one lab and get result in milligrams per deciliter, and then they go to another lab and get a result in animals per liter, and they think suddenly their LPLA has tripled, and I get a lot of consults for that. So I think it's really important to standardize how we measure it, especially as we get into an era where there may well be therapeutics to intervene on elevated LPLA. And it seems pretty consistently agreed that we will move to nanomoles per liter. 
So you mentioned that you have patients that go to multiple labs. Should we follow LPA over time? Well, I think in the era where we don't have a therapy for them, I don't know that following it makes much sense. It's pretty static over the course of your lifetime, and it is determined by a single gene, LP capital A. This is the name of the gene that produces little A. And so it really doesn't change much. However, some people are looking at it, for example, when they put a patient on a PCSK9 inhibitor, knowing that mm-hmm. there might be about a 20% drop. And I'm not sure what you'd do differently if you didn't see a change, but it's a little bit reassuring if the patient does drop. That isn't consistent, but the majority of patients will get a modest reduction in their LP little a. It's still not an indication for a PCSK9 inhibitor, but for those patients that have elevated LDL and elevated LP little a, I will occasionally get a follow-up LP little a on them just to see if they were one of the responders. We have at least circumstantial evidence that the people who drop their LP little a as well as their LDL on a PCSK9 inhibitor tend to have better outcomes. It's not a prospective randomized data set, but observationally it looks like they're at higher risk and they also get more benefit if they drop their LP little a as well as their LDL on a PCSK9 inhibitor. So we've already talked a little bit about treatment options, but can you talk us through these ethereal drugs in development that we've been talking about or other therapeutics like we might have? So we've already taken estrogen and niacin off the table. We know that those are not options for us, but what else do we have to treat LP little a currently or coming in the future? Again, no randomized prospective outcomes trial for treating LP little a, but we do have randomized prospective outcomes trials for treating LDL that show benefit and they show what looks like an enhanced benefit in those people who have high LP little a and whose LP little a drops on the therapy. There are also several drugs in development that specifically target LP little a, most of them antisense or siRNA drugs, and they can drop LP little a anywhere from 80 to 90 And they are currently in secondary prevention trials looking at high-risk individuals with elevated LP-A, as we discussed. And we're probably talking somewhere between three and five years before we see the results of those, would be my guess. But very exciting because as a target of therapy, LP-A makes sense. It has biological plausibility because it's highly oxidized. It's very readily promotes atherosclerosis, and then it has the A amino acid sequence similar to plasminogen. So it also competes with plasminogen going to plasma and causing increased risk of thrombosis. So that double whammy of increased clotting and increased atherosclerosis is what we think makes sense why LP little a is a particle that's not good for you. So it also makes sense when you have the biological plausibility that lowering it as a target of therapy should translate into better outcomes. That isn't always the case. I mean, we felt that way about homocysteine and we targeted homocysteine and weren't able to show an outcome benefit. And then we do already have LP little a apheresis. So in those patients who have progressive events, again, not prospective randomized double blind studies, but where patients serve as their own control, those with very high LP little a's who had lots of events when they get put on apheresis, we see a significant reduction in the number of events per year. So for those refractory patients that despite all our efforts and getting their LDL very low, they still continue to have events. We shouldn't forget about apheresis as a very effective treatment for LP little a. That's a great point. Well, this has been a fascinating look at LP little a. I would love to thank my guest, Dr. Alan Brown, for sharing his insights. This was so fun chatting with you. Thanks for coming. 
Thank you, Mary Catherine. It's great to be on this side of the microphone. For ReachMD, I'm Dr. Mary Catherine Cheely. To access this and other episodes in our series, visit reachmd.com slash heartmatters, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.